You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to another episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. Uh, Before we jump in today, we're just honored that you would um, tune in no matter where this finds you today. Uh, There's a lot going on in our society. We're going to speak to that today, but I really, really encourage that you would just take a moment and um, just listen to our podcast. So if you didn't know, a lot of us are hanging out right now at the house, not maybe doing a whole lot. And so if you're bored or if you're not bored, we encourage you, if you didn't know, our pastor, he has a book. Uh, And so if you have not already picked up Unburdened by Vance, I highly, highly encourage you to do that. Um, But I am sitting down here with the man, the myth, the legend, the pastor, the Braves fan. I just had to bring up sports because we're just missing all things sports right now. Vance, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm actually sitting here in uh, my Braves shirt because I uh, am grieving the uh, Major League Baseball opening day was supposed to be just uh, uh, just a few days ago, and I'm grieving the fact that it has not started yet. But obviously, there are some much uh, more serious things taking place in our nation and in the world uh, that sports is obviously not nearly as important as. Um, but there are all those little things that everybody's dealing with as we navigate this coronavirus crisis that has um, been a pandemic around the world. Um, and like you said a minute ago, I'm just getting used to different rhythms. Everybody's establishing new work with rhythms, new life rhythms, uh, what it looks like to build relationships uh, while being isolated and insulated. Uh, so, yeah, these are some interesting days, but but doing well and understanding that God has a plan in all of this. I'm preaching uh, in our church right now about promises. And one of the promises we've looked at is that. God is at work in everything for our good, that he's using all things for our good, and we can trust him in that. So it's, it's encouraging. So the, the beauty of the internet is that you could be listening to this in the year 2025 and wondering what we're talking about. So we are recording this episode as we sit here in Vance's office, very socially distanced from each other on March 31st, 2020. So like Vance just mentioned, um, COVID-19, the coronavirus is uh, really completely uh, changed our life uh, the last several weeks. Um, and it, it is a global crisis uh, at this point. So again, no matter if you're listening to this in real time and that we're still in the middle of it, or you found this episode and it's several years old, this is something that um, no doubt you will still be affected by. It is, it is. I heard somebody say, Vance, the other day, um, this could be the biggest thing in our culture since World War II which sounded really epic at first, but I, I don't know that they're wrong. I mean, it is just, it is absolutely, I think it's going to, even after we, we get through this, because we will, um, I think it's going to change a lot about our world. And so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to press into the idea that leaders all around the world today are being faced with leading through crisis. Uh, as I thought about this, Vance, I've been with you in ministry now for um, going on 12 years, and I've seen firsthand uh, you as a senior pastor of Hope Church um, really lead through five pretty major crises. Um, I'll just list them out. One of them was our founding pastors um, having a moral failure in 2007. 
some some people that went to Hope were a part of that. Our church is only six years old, and um, that was a real crisis. Uh, two months after we moved into our brand new campus where we're at today in Las Vegas, we had a flood. It was actually on my uh, my first daughter's first birthday uh, on our campus in 2012, like literally destroyed the campus, broke concrete. It was a crisis. Um Another one that I skipped was in 2008 and nine, we were meeting in a high school gym when the financial recession in the United States happened. Um, I mean, that was completely for, for the whole country, just devastating. Um, and we were trying to build a building and raise money for building a building. Um, and then of course the world knows October 1st, 2017, the Las Vegas shooting. And now here we are in 2020, uh, this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I've seen you lead through several times of crises. um, And so we're just going to spend some time today talking about how to lead through crisis. What would you add before we jump into content? Uh, I, I need, I need some counseling after hearing all of those things. Uh, I, I should have set you up a little better again. Vance's you, face just kind of fell yeah, as I was listing uh, those five. Because <laughs> every one of those have taken, you know, some years off of your life. I mean, when you navigate through some of that and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged in one sense though, to hear you mention them like that, Scott, because I think a lot of people sometimes, especially the planters that we work with, they look at Hope Church and they look at our 20-year journey and they only see it from the outside and it looks like, you know, it's been this growing, thriving, successful work. But man, there have been some pretty major things we've walked through. One of them you mentioned, my best friend and one of the guys that founded the church with me fell morally in 2007, 2006, 2007. We had to deal with it in 2007. But I mean, some pretty major blows that, to be quite honest with you, I would have quit this work a thousand times, but you can't stop what you didn't start. If I'd chosen to do this, I promise you I would choose to do something else, but God called us. And the scripture says, faithful is he who calls you, and this is important, he will also bring it to pass. He's not just faithful in the calling, he's faithful in the bringing it to pass, and we can trust him to do that even through times of crisis. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk uh, just briefly about how to lead through crisis. And normally, as we set up our, our topic for the, the podcast, we always say, if this is where you're at, well, the, the uniqueness of this one is if you are a leader, you are here. Like this is where you are. We are currently in 2020 leading through a crisis. It's a matter of if you're doing it well or you're not doing it well. And so hopefully today is helpful for you. Um, and so we'll start off, Vance. What are some words of wisdom? just as we kind of keep it high level to start, that you would give any leader, which is all leaders right now, leading through crisis. What are some words of wisdom? Yeah, Scott, even in, uh, again, hearing you walk through those five, I think about those really uh, through the perspective of two different categories. Um, of those five that you mentioned, and not that those are the only five, those are just the five that, that kind of rise to the surface as the big, big, big ones. Um, but But when I think about those five that you mentioned, One of those five is what I would call a crisis of morality, and then four of those five are a crisis of circumstance. Uh, Circumstances ultimately that were beyond our control, we just found ourselves in the middle of them. One of them being this crisis of morality, it was the first one that we had to deal with. And listen, if you've been in ministry, if you're listening to this, if you're a ministry leader, um, you've been in ministry for any length of time at all, you're going to walk through a situation where somebody around you, close to you that you know, walks through a moral crisis. And we did that 
um, back in 2007. And three words that God kind of put on my heart through seeking counsel from others and navigating that as we walk through that moral crisis, three words that kind of governed everything that we did were these three words, humility, authenticity, and transparency. And here's what I mean by that. If you're leading through a crisis of morality, you need to first of all do it with a sense of humility. And here's what that means. That could very well be you. Uh, don't sit in the seat of judge and jury. Don't sit in the seat of the one pointing fingers and saying what somebody else did wrong, but approach it with an attitude of humility, knowing but for the grace of God, that could be me. Um, I could be the one on the other side of the table in the midst of this moral crisis. I'm not above that. But for Christ in me and my living in dependence upon him, I'm capable of any sin under heaven. So approach it with an attitude of humility, not one of authority or justification or being punitive, but, but, but with an attitude of humility, seek to be redemptive in the process. The second word is authenticity. Um, as you lead through a crisis of morality, not only do you need to do it with the humility of knowing it could be you, you need to do it with an authenticity um, letting people see you hurt. It's okay for others to see you hurt. It's okay for others to, to see the, the struggle that you're having internally with what's taking place because the people that you're leading, when it's a moral crisis that they've looked up to this leader and there's been a moral collapse, there are people that are feeling all kinds of things spiritually. And it's okay to let them see that in you as well. Authenticity is good. And the third is transparency. Um, and with this, I'm talking about be as honest with the information as you can. Authenticity is about an, an honesty of your emotions and your experience. Transparency is about an honesty with information. And here's what you need to know in the midst of a moral crisis. People have questions. And if you don't give them answers, they will write their own answers to the questions, and they're always going to be wrong or exaggerated. So obviously, I'm not saying that you have to tell every detail of what took place in a moral crisis, but you do need to be transparent enough so that people can understand the decisions that you're making. They need to understand what's happened and why it's significant and why it matters. So if it's a moral crisis, those three words, humility, authenticity, and transparency. But then when you begin to think about all of these, whether they're crises of morality or circumstance, there are some other things that I think are just some beginning words of wisdom that I would I would share about these. And I, I collaborated with these with our, our executive pastor, Travis Ogle, helped me uh, articulate some of these. But uh, here's what I would say. Number one, um, a crisis exposes areas of weakness. Aspects of your team or your ministry that are unhealthy, immature, or ineffected will be magnified in a crisis. It's kind of like, Scott, what we learned when we began to do foster care in our church. We had all these families that got involved in foster care. Well, here's what we figured out. When you bring a foster child into a home, the, the small cracks that existed in a marriage became magnified when you brought those foster children into the home because you added an element of crisis into a home and the, the problems that were there got magnified. Same thing happens in leading in an organization or leading in ministry. When you begin to walk through crises, weaknesses will get exposed and they will be magnified, uh, which speaks to leadership before crisis where you're wanting to deal with areas of weakness in preparation of those moments that you're going to have to walk through. Um, 
Secondly, a crisis necessitates a quick response over a perfect one. There is no such thing as adequate transition time during a crisis. Ergo, that's why we call it a crisis. You didn't get to plan for it. It happened. It's sometimes very sudden. It's immediate. And you have to respond. And a crisis necessitates a quick response over a perfect one. Doesn't mean you're careless and doesn't mean you're reckless, but, but you don't have the time. And so you have to be willing to make some decisions quickly. Third, a crisis is too late to build trust. Um, To effectively shepherd your church or lead your organization through a crisis, you must be trusted by those that you're leading. And if you don't build up a reserve of trust on the front end, uh, when you walk through crisis, it's too late. In the moments of crisis, you're going to have to spend some leadership capital that must be built and established as trust before the crisis comes. Number four. A crisis requires a whatever-it-takes type of leader. The most important characteristics of a leader during a crisis are innovation, critical thinking, attitude, not titles, org charts, and job description. One of the things we've learned in the midst of this crisis that we're in right now is we've kind of thrown job titles and org charts out the window and reassign tasks and responsibilities based on the crisis. Because what you find in the midst of crisis is you need what Craig Rochelle calls chief problem solvers. Two quotes by Rochelle that I love. He said, number one, anyone can identify a problem. Leaders solve them. And then secondly, he said, the value you bring is a reflection of the problems you solve. And, and you see that happening in, in times of crisis. These whatever-it-takes type leaders that step up and begin to lead. And then finally, just one last word of wisdom as we begin. A crisis presents unique, raw moments to pastor people. There'll be logistical, financial, organizational problems um, that, that, um, that will surpass your abilities, but they cannot surpass your passion for loving people during a crisis. Uh, So those are just some words and thoughts that I have as you think about leading through a crisis that we've learned. I hope you were bookmarking that or taking time to pause that and um, and journal those. Those are solid. Those are five solid, solid words of wisdom when it comes to walking through crisis. And Vance, um, some of the things that we've walked through and I've seen you walk through as the leader of our organization and our church through crises, um, some of them were internal, but many of them affected what is happening outside the walls of our church. It, they were, they were citywide things. We think of, I think of October one, um, obviously this COVID-19, I mean, things that, that leave our community reeling. Um, what would you add specifically for somebody who may be listening? Um, like I said, who's walking through this or who's walked through, um, you know, one of these devastating shootings that have happened in their community. What would you say as far as a church goes, adding to the idea of walking through crisis alongside a city? Yeah, Scott, I'd like to answer that, first of all, broader than a church. Because if you are a Christian and you are a leader today in any capacity in our cities across our country, whether it's the church or education or business or medicine or any other form, if you are a leader right now and you are a follower of Jesus then this is an opportunity for you to leverage your position of leadership for the sake of the kingdom of God expanding in the city. And oftentimes it's in crisis that people are more open than ever before to 
conversations and leadership from a biblical kingdom perspective because that's what the way God's wired the church. God wired the church to begin or to be able to meet needs in the city and to serve the city. I was thinking about it's got a verse of scripture that, that I was reading um, this morning that I'm actually going to be reading on a, a national prayer call this this evening uh, with a ministry called One Cry. But um, in Psalm 82, listen to what the psalmist said uh, about the church. He said, vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. Now here, the psalmist is praying about the heart of the father, but the heart of the father should be reflected in his church as we seek to expand the kingdom in the city and in his, 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 when I say his church, I don't mean just the organizational church, but his church being the body of Christ, which means leaders that are Christians in every strata of society should be seeking now to leverage their leadership to do these things like vindicating the weak and the fatherless to do justice for the afflicted and the destitute, to rescue the weak and the needy, to deliver them. That that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. Now, specifically from a church, here's what I've grown to to understand. When we train church planters, we teach church planters, you don't go into a city to start a church. You go into a city to engage a city with a gospel, see disciples made so that churches can be born. So it starts by engaging the city with the gospel. So we teach our church planners to go in and look for ways to partner with the city, to serve the city, to engage the city with the gospel. And then as the gospel walks through those domains of society, disciples will be made and the church will be born. Unfortunately, in a lot of cities across America, churches are not seen as partners in the city. They're seen as parasites on the back of the city. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, a partner exists to serve the city for the expansion of the kingdom. A parasite exists on the back of the host simply to leech off of that host so that it can survive. And a lot of churches, they don't see themselves as partners with the city. A lot of churches see themselves existing on the back of the city, wanting tax-free this, discounts here, uh, cheap entrance here, free memberships here. We want everything the city can give us without understanding we're a vital, integral part of the city. And so the church needs to be an integral part. And here's what I'm saying. All that applies to crisis. If a church within a city or community where a crisis takes place is not already in partnership with that city before the crisis, you will not have a seat at the table during the crisis. Here's an example. In, in 2017, we had the October 1 shooting here in Las Vegas that happened downtown on the Strip at the, at the country music concert where uh, 58 people were killed by a shooter who just randomly began to shoot and kill people in a crowd. Uh, we were one of the first churches contacted by uh, our city to ask if we had people that were trained in emergency trauma care and response counseling. Uh, we did have some people on our staff that were trained in that capacity. We mobilized them. They began to work with local law enforcement to deal with family members as they were being reconnected with either victims or, or people that had been killed or people that were in hospitals walking through that. The city asked us to open our doors to be a place they could send people. We did that in response to local law enforcement. But, but here's what I'm saying. If we had not already been engaged with the city before the shooting, our phone number would not have been on their speed dial when the crisis happened. 
If you're not already partnering with your city before the crisis, you won't have a seat at the table when the crisis happens. And that is why, as churches, we need to be living out these kingdom principles all the time. So this is good stuff. Again, this is probably a, an episode where you need to just pause or write in your journal, um, you know, the 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 timestamp for what stood out to you. But that's kind of set the scene. And so what I want to do here as, as we advance is get really practical. We've heard it said, um, you know, everyone's either going into a storm, coming out of a storm or currently in a storm. Uh, right now, we would say probably the whole world in, in some sense is in this storm of COVID-19. So for the leaders listening, a, a, a crisis call comes tomorrow. They're already kind of in the COVID-19, but something, you know, we, we see the president or our governor, governors say something that just absolutely rocks us, which we've had some moments like that over the last several weeks. Um, what are some very practical ways as we finish a practical kind of how to handle and lead well through crisis? Yeah, Scott, and you and I talked through this together and kind of kind of put some of these responses uh, together uh, collaboratively. Uh, but to answer that, we kind of came up with the, the the acrostic or the the acronym of the word simple um, to take those six letters, S-I-M-P-L-E. Here's a simple way to respond in moments of crisis. So I'm going to give you six of these. The first is the S, and it's just seek God. Seek God. One of the values we have here at Hope Church is uh, what we call God dependence. And we say it this way, apart from him, we can do nothing. Through him, we can do all things. In moments of crisis, that can't just be language. That needs to be demonstrated. We need to seek God first. Here's the thing. Crisis catch us off guard, but God has never one time uttered the word, uh-oh. He's never been caught off guard. The crisis that is happening in our lives right now was allowed or orchestrated by his sovereign design and is going to be used to accomplish his purpose in our lives, which will, which will result in our good and his glory. So he is in control. So the starting place in crisis is to start with the father and try to get on your heart what's on his heart. So you start by seeking God. Number two is the I in simple, input from others. You need to begin to seek as much input as possible. Um, when, when we first got the news of this coronavirus and what was happening with COVID-19, and there was even talk of they may shut schools down, there may be quarantine. This was before any of it broke out. We got word about this, um, like everybody did, that it was kind of being, it was happening, and it reached America, um, this conversation was beginning to be had. The first thing we did is we began to seek input from others. I have some doctors, medical professionals in our church that I contacted. We have some government officials in our church, some, some people attached to the city council, Clark County school district, school boards. We started seeking input from others. Here's the caution I would give to pastors in moments of crisis. Don't pretend to be an expert. Just because you may be very skilled and gifted in your area of pastoring and preaching, and just because the Bible is applicable to deal with every situation in life does not mean you are an expert or an authority for every situation that's going to come up. You need to seek input from others. And here's what will help you in a moment of crisis. As you seek input from others, don't try to be an expert. Be a listener who responds. You can have value in moments of crisis, not by being an expert. Listen, experts have their place and they're needed, 
But you and I are not experts in this moment. We are listeners, but we can listen and respond to input that we get from others. So seek God, number two, input from others. Number three, make a plan. There's the M in simple, make a plan. With wisdom that you've sought from God and input that you've sought from other people, make a plan. This is what leadership looks like. This is what leadership is. Get in a room with your team and make a plan. Now, if you heard what I just said, I said, get in a room with your team and make a plan. If you don't know who your team is, when I say that, you're already behind. When I say you need to get in a room and make a plan with your team, as soon as I say that, you should be seeing the faces of the people that you know are that team that you're going to call together. You need to make sure that you're structured in such a way that in moments of crisis and in moments that aren't crisis, you're leading together as a team and you need to know who that team is. We did this with our lead team of pastors. As soon as this COVID-19 thing broke and, and people began to talk about schools might close, stores might close. I pulled our lead team together. I think it was, Scott, 9 o'clock at I night. Was, I was fixing a, a broken sink at my house, and I got a call. We're meeting advances at 9 o'clock, um, and that's what happened, man. It was, But it was a solid three hours, or yeah. we did exactly this. We, we did. We came together. We sought the Lord together. We prayed. Um, we'd had others that had reached out. We sought some counsel from others. Before the meeting, I'd called several of these people, doctors, and we put a plan together. So here's number four. That's... Uh, we got seek God, input from others, make a plan. Here's the P. Prioritize, delegate, and communicate clearly. So you've sought the Lord. You've asked for input. You've made a plan. Now people need to understand what the plan is. So you got to prioritize responsibilities and then delegate them. Uh, here, here's what I mean by that. When, when our executive pastor and I, we decided, okay, we needed to start working immediately on the financial part of this plan but we couldn't focus on everything. So we delegated to other members of the team some different aspects. Some, some took the creative element, how we were going to get online. Others took the um, how do we engage the city and what does that look like? And somebody else got assigned the responsibility of, of building our network of care inside of our fellowship. But you got to prioritize and delegate and then communicate clearly. In moments of crisis, communication is absolutely critical because communication brings calm and peace and confidence in the midst of the crisis. Number five is the L, lead confidently. If you've walked through the first four things we've talked about, trusting the Lord, getting input from others, making a plan, prioritizing, delegating, and communicating, you can lead confidently. People follow leadership in moments of crisis, and you lead confidently when you've done all those other things. And then here's the last one, the E, evaluate the plan. 99% of the times in crisis, things change a lot. And they change not week by week. They change minute by minute, hour by hour. And so you've sought the Lord. You've gotten input. You've put a plan together. You've communicated what you're doing. You're leading with confidence. But here's what you need to know. You're going to have to adjust accordingly as things change. So you got to evaluate the plan and then adjust accordingly. And that's what leadership looks like. You can't in crisis just throw out the plan and hope it works. You got to keep your finger on the pulse and be ready to adjust as things change. Yeah. I mean, to, to speak to that sixth one, I mean, things have changed even since, even since we met at your house. I mean, when we met at your house, there was still a mandate from the CDC that you shouldn't meet in gatherings of a thousand people or more. 
that seems like in some senses light years away because yeah. now we're down to 10, six feet apart. I mean, it has constantly changed. So we had to evaluate the plan. And we actually, that weekend, we were planning on having services when we left your house. I mean, that sounds crazy, but we everyone was at the time. Yeah. The next day we got in the room to film a video to talk about we were going to stream our services as well as having them live. And we were evaluating the plan. We were talking about kind of building the ship as we were sailing it. And on a dime, we decided... I don't think this is a good idea. And yeah. praise God, because the Saturday night before we were going to have a live service, they came out and said groups of no lo- more than 10. Yeah. And so that just speaks to if we didn't have all these things in place, we would have been floundering and figuring out what to do instead of just constantly evaluating the plan and commun- continuing to communicate and prioritize. And, and, um, I saw you lead this really well with our team and, um, it's, it's simple. It's yeah, simple. It is. And Scott, <laughs> what's interesting about the timeline you know, we made the decision on Tuesday night uh, that first week. We were going to go ahead and have services. We were preparing for that, like you said. And we actually, in response to having sought the Lord and gotten counsel, our team just, I couldn't get a piece about going forward. And we canceled and we're going to have online services even before our schools closed in Las Vegas. Uh, we did that before our government uh, shut down the state because we'd sought the Lord and gotten input from others. In some sense, we helped lead uh, our city by example and other churches by example in, in some decisions that we felt like were very important. Uh, and then, like you said, on the Saturday night, we'd already made the decision we weren't going to meet. That Saturday night, they reduced it from 1,000 down to 250. Yes, it was. Um, and then the next week, yeah, uh, right. they reduced it to 10 because the first week we encouraged our people to watch it in their small group and we had to go to now their own family. Um, but it's about evaluating yeah. the plan and adjusting it accordingly as you continue to get more information. And that that's part of being in a crisis. It, it's always changing. So we hope this has been encouraging. And I just want to say as we finish up um, that – I believe whoever's listening to this and whatever leadership position you're in, um, as you seek God, as you ask him for wisdom on how to navigate this crisis, um, we're going to get through this. I believe as, as we are just praying that, that God, um, rids us of this, of this virus around the world. I mean, this is absolutely um, a crisis. And so just be continuing to pray as a leader for God to use you in the midst of this, continue to pray that God stops this virus. Um, and, uh, we will see you again next month for another episode. We have a plan of what that might be, but we may be talking about this still. We really don't know, but any, uh, any closing words, Vance, before we, we say goodbye to our listeners today. Scott, the only thing I would close with is I want to just take a few seconds and I'd like to just pray. Um, I just think we we would be remiss in this moment if we didn't. So let me just pray and then you can wrap us up. Father, uh, as people are listening to this, even now, God, we're in the midst of a crisis. There is a coronavirus that is uh, sweeping around the world and people by the thousands now are becoming infected and dying. And Lord, we know that you're not surprised. We know that you're not caught off guard. We know that you're in control. We know that you're a God who is good and who cares. And we know that you're working in this for our good and your glory. So God, we lean into your promises and we ask you, first of all, for a mighty movement of your healing power, that you would be Jehovah Rapha, a God who heals and bring healing to thousands around the world right now. God, we ask you to move in a supernatural way Uh, And stop this virus in such a way that peoples all over the world have to say there is a God in heaven and he is glorious. And God, we ask you to do that so that your name would be uplifted and your name would be glorified. And God, we ask you on behalf of those that are hurting, either physically, medically, financially, 
emotionally, mentally right now because of all the things that we're walking through. God, would you just be the God of peace and and a, a nearness of presence to them in these moments? And Lord, we ask you to bring people to Jesus through all of this. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening this month to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. We will catch you in May for another episode. We hope it finds you well, and we'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.